When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying so far, Gatman. Mornings are for coffee and contemplation. Coffee and contemplation. Drink the coffee, it'll make you feel better. Sir, do you realize that you're not drinking regular coffee, but Colombian decaffeinated coffee crystals? What? Picks you up, calms you down. It's the lifeblood that drives the dreams of champions. Now he's been down in the basement drinking coffee for about the last four hours, and he should be all ready to go. I'll, I'll call him up. Welcome to College Football Monday. I am your host, Pete B. This is a Sons of Saturday live show. Uh, I'm still hurting from Saturday. Being, being at the Rutgers game was great. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, drank a lot, had a lot of fun. All the guys from the Suns were there. And man, it was it was a really good time. In this episode, I'm going to recap all the action from week three, including... Hmm. The Colorado comeback. That was pretty big. I want to talk about some of the top teams. I want to talk about Florida, Tennessee there. This weekend was weird because there wasn't a lot of great games or great upsets or anything like that. Every, everything kind of stayed the course. You obviously, when you have 133 teams playing, you're going to get some good action and there is, and I'm going to go over it, but next weekend is lining up to be a bit better than, than this past weekend. If you are here with me live, hop in the chat, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the sons of Saturday YouTube channel, because that is really what this is all about is we're trying to increase our subscribers. And that's why I go live every morning at 9am hoping some people will continue to hop in as we go here. But Later in the day, as always, I will be posting this to the Too Deep podcast feed, so you will get this later in the show. Hop in the chat, ask any questions you got. I would call this past weekend Survival Saturday because Georgia, Colorado, Florida State, Alabama, they all won close games or at least games that were closer than we thought they would be. And Alabama in particular comes to mind. I'm going to get to Bama shortly. I'm going to start this week with the Georgia Bulldogs because they beat South Carolina 24 to 14. And going into that game, everyone thought this front from South Carolina is going to get just abused and Georgia is going to be all over Spencer and they're probably going to crush just because that's a real weakness for South Carolina. But despite playing behind that terrible offensive line, Rattler was only sacked three times and he played pretty well even with the two interceptions, 14 to three lead at the half for the Gamecocks. Carson Beck was just okay. Uh, 269 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but Georgia got it together with the ground game in the third quarter, put up two TDs and they closed it out in the fourth. The theory that it's extremely statistically unlikely to go undefeated three years in a row well, that, that is starting to look like it could come to fruition for Georgia because without Stetson Bennett and some of those other key guys that we've seen, those real studs across the D-line, Jordan Davis, uh, Jalen Carter, both on my Eagles, by the way, uh, it's, it's starting to look like Georgia could be susceptible this year. The thing about Georgia is they still have that super easy schedule. And one of the toughest games on it was Tennessee. And look what Tennessee just did. 
they lost to a very average Florida team. So I still don't think Georgia is taking more than one loss during the regular season. But they they still have a very easy road to the title game. So I expect them to be there and face LSU or Alabama or whoever might come out of the other side. Let's talk about that Florida game. They got up on Tennessee and they never looked back. It was a really big win for for Napier. Joe Milton, he wasn't dreadful, but he wasn't good enough. And that is what we saw when they replaced Hendon Hooker with him years ago. 20 for 34, 287, two TDs and a touchdown. The, The stats don't seem terrible, but he really didn't play very well. And Graham Mertz, he was Mertz. I mean, not great, just 166 yards. What do we have here? Uh, 19 for 24 and a TD. He had a great QBR, but it, it was he wasn't the reason they won the game. It was all about ETN. 23 carries for 172 on that Tennessee defense, and he had that long 62-yard run where he accelerated and got to the end zone. Tennessee was sloppy. They had 10 penalties and a turnover, and Florida's rush game was able to slow the game down and kill the clock. And that's how Florida won this game. So they start off the year with that loss to Utah in Salt Lake. That's a that's a tough place to win. That's a tough game to win. But have they gotten their feet underneath them just a little? And that that line, I think it was seven and a half going into the game. I took Florida. That rivalry, Tennessee doesn't go to Florida and win by two touchdowns or eight points, ten points. That just doesn't happen. And it didn't happen here. Colorado won again. They escaped, had to have a late comeback on Colorado State. State was up 28-17 in the fourth quarter. But the Buffs managed to tie it, send it to overtime, and they won 43-35 to in a double overtime thriller in front of tons of celebrities after having the Fox show there and game day there. And Dion was on 60 Minutes last night. I mean, it. the circus is in town in Boulder. It is an absolute circus. And... Dion almost looked foolish in front of all those celebrities after all the stuff that they talked this week. And I know Jay Norvell got it going and both teams were fired up. That one kid took the cheap shot on Travis Hunter, which is a big storyline going forward because Hunter's they're arguably their best player. Shador is probably more important, but Hunter is extremely good and extremely important in his own right. Three and O are the buffs and that's great. They won all their out-of-conference games. But that conference play in the Pac-12 is about to get going. And they got a tough first draw. They got Oregon this weekend, and then they got USC. And without Travis Hunter, those are going to be extremely difficult games to win. I I don't want to make a, any kind of habit out of doubting Deion Sanders. Because I doubted him before the season. Uh, and they took care of TCU in their 3-0. And so they could get one of these wins. They very much could, but they were going to be hard games with Travis Hunter, and now he's not playing. And so I I think we're going to see two quick losses for Colorado here, and I have a little bit more on them a little bit later in the show. Let's move to Alabama, and they have a bigger issue at QB than maybe any of us thought before the season, and I thought it was an issue, but I still picked Alabama to go to the playoff because their defense is so damn good, really, really loaded up with talent, and I thought they'd get enough out of their quarterback with that good defense. Well, they benched Milrow after the one Texas loss, and and that's a very good team, 
and they decided to go with Buckner in this game. I think almost any college football fan would have told you that wasn't going to go well, and it didn't go well. And they switched to Ty Simpson later in the game, and that wasn't much better. They they moved too quick off Milrow. The guy's a super athlete. He's in his first couple games, and he loses to a top 10 team, and you decide, no thanks. They're going to have to go back to him. I'm pretty sure that's the way this is going to work out because the other two guys don't seem much better. They couldn't move the football on USF. I I don't know why that's the case with all the guys they have, but Milrow's the best QB on that roster, and he will be playing soon. Their D is amazing. They don't need to be stellar to win a bunch of games and even win the West. They still they can still come out of the West. LSU starting to look good again, starting to really play well. Jaden Daniels was awesome. They crushed Mississippi State. 95 QBR for Jaden Daniels. I think I was calling him Jalen a couple weeks ago, and I apologize for that. There's a lot of Jalens in college football, but it's Jaden. 361 yards, two pass TDs, two rush TDs for Jaden. So they kicked butt. Malik Neighbors went off 13 receptions for 239 and two TDs for LSU. Really dynamic receiver. But Will Rogers from Mississippi State, whew, he was the gift like stinky. That's what he was. He was awful. Uh, he might be done as their starter, honestly. He had a 7.6 QBR in the game, like one of the worst of the weekend. So they could be the favorites in the West now. And it's going to be interesting what happened because Ole Miss is good. Uh, they've, they've looked strong. And one of those teams is going to go by the wayside. And it very well could be Alabama because if they continue to stay this lost on offense, it's going to be a problem. But I think they got to go back to Milrow. I think it was a mistake to move off him so quickly. And uh, we'll see what happens there. Washington smoked Michigan State 41 to 7. Tough week for the Spartans. You got the Mel Tucker news. We knew that was going to be a distraction. And it seemed like it was not that they were probably going to beat Michigan or meet, beat Washington, but 41 to seven, the spread was 16. You got blown out. Penix continues to dominate. He looks so good. I don't know if he's my favorite for the Heisman right now, but he's, he's moving up. Mizzou beat Kansas state on a 61 yard field goal. Beat that's, that's a border war that beat a former the former Big 12 champs from last year, Kansas State, who are struggling in the run game. Talked about that with Robbie. And so the Big 12, they they took some interesting losses this past weekend. I mean, I got, uh, what, they Ohio beat Iowa State. Michigan, oh, Miami, Ohio beat Cincinnati. Oklahoma State got crushed by South Alabama. So they, they got some good wins. BYU won. But the Big 12, a little bit messy, and it certainly seems like Texas and Oklahoma are the two best teams in that conference. West Virginia took care of business in the backyard brawl, 17-6. to Fewest points for Pitt in the brawl since 1996. There was an 11-year hiatus before last year, but that's a long time. And Pitt, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with them. Jerkovich looks completely lost. You had the West Virginia player after the game saying, we knew he wasn't good at his job. <laughs> and he's not. Eight for 20 for 81 yards passing for Jerkovich. I, I really, I had a feeling he might be able to be good this year. And that was just way off. He is awful. It's not like Pitt or West Virginia had a huge day on the ground. Just uh, Or Pitt had 211 yards total. They They can't really 
They're not really the rushing team they once were. I, I told you the lines of scrimmage are bad for Pitt. And with Jerkovich behind center, it's not looking good. Neil Brown's job looks safe for now. That was a big win for them. He has the Mountaineers playing hard. Even in the Penn State game, wasn't a very close game. But for a while there, they were competing, and Penn State's really good. So Pitt next week has UNC. That will be interesting. It's usually a crazy game between those teams. They've played some wild shootouts and whatnot. But maybe not this year. Maybe this is the year that UNC wipes them up because Pitt looks a little lifeless right now. I mentioned BYU beating Arkansas. That was a good win for BYU. Despite getting outgained by 140 yards, the Cougs went into uh, Fayetteville, right? 38-31 victory for BYU. ACC notes. There was a lot of P5 games at a conference, and I talked about that with Rob. UVA lost. GT lost, VT lost, Pitt lost, but Syracuse, Louisville, UNC, and Duke all got nice wins. Louisville, I don't know how nice it is. They won by seven against Indiana, but Indiana showed to have a good defense week one against Ohio State, so any win like that on the road, it's a good win. UNC took care of Minnesota, beat them up pretty good. Drake May had another two interceptions, but... You could argue it was his best passing day of the year so far. 414 yards, 73% completion, and two touchdowns for May. Minnesota's QB was awful. 11 for 29, 133 and a pick. Wide receiver Nate McCollum for UNC went nuts in this one. 15 receptions. That's a lot of receptions for 165 and a touchdown. Just one tackle for loss for UNC, though. So that's something to watch going forward because when they played South Carolina, we thought, oh, man. UNC, they might have a defensive line all of a sudden. And if they can play decent defense, Drake May can lead this team to the ACC title game. That was a bit of an abjuration. <laughs> Aberration. Uh, their D-line is still just okay. One tackle for loss against Minnesota. We'll see about UNC. I, I <laughs> The ACC and who's getting to that title game is looking real interesting. I picked UNC last week with Rob on this show to go and play Florida State. But Miami's going to have a chance. Duke's going to have a chance. Clemson is still going to have a chance, though they do have the ACC loss. Duke whooped Northwestern 38-14. Syracuse made relatively easy work against hmm, Purdue, a team we just lost to at home. Purdue went over there and beat them by 15 points and was in control of that game most of the time. The Schrader fake at the end of the game has been making the rounds on social media, and it was pretty sweet. ODU was up 17-0 on Wake Forest at the half. But to Wake's credit, they came back. Griffiths led them back, three touchdowns. They won 27-24. Gives a little bit more credence to ODU being a good team. But Grant Wilson in this one, the quarterback who I've been praising a bit through the first couple weeks for ODU, he was bad. Like, he really didn't have a good day. Both teams racked up the tackles for loss, each over 10. Both teams had over 10 tackles for loss. Wake overcame two defensive touchdowns by LaMarion James. He had a fumble return and an interception return, and they still got the win. I knew that game was going to be a little dicey. Like, Wake hasn't looked perfect in ODU's feisty team. So they got the win, and that's all that matters. But, uh, yeah, ODU still, they're going to be competitive in the Sun Belt. I talked about Louisville. Old Miss whipped Georgia Tech, but Haynes King does look 
good. He has continued to look pretty good. 307 and two TDs for him. But Jackson Dart was awesome for Ole Miss. 91.5 QBR. Ole Miss Bama coming up. Going to talk about it shortly. Maryland put the smack down late on UVA. UVA was competitive. And at one point, they were up 14-7. to And Colandria, their young quarterback, he did this, this run where like he was through the line and there was nothing but green grass in front of him. And the turf monster got him or uh, some the tip of someone's toe got him or something. He went down. And when he fell, that was their chance at the game, winning the game went out the window because that would have put them up 21 to 7 if he was able to get to the end zone. And maybe they wouldn't have looked back. But they didn't. Maryland started picking him off late through three straight picks on three straight throws. <laughs> he showed up to be a freshman at the end of that game. And uh, they were able to, Maryland was able to just quiet UVA and, and win pretty easily at the end. But uh, but I do think VT, BC, and UVA, three worst teams in the conference, and that's readily apparent. But I do think all three teams have managed to find a quarterback in the last two weeks, a competent quarterback. I know there's going to be mistakes. Kalander had bad game, bad fourth quarter. But between Castellanos at BC, who, oh my gosh, what a fight BC put up against FSU. That's why that line was 27 and a half. We talked about it multiple times. And I said, I can't pick BC because if they don't cover, I'm going to feel like an idiot. Well, guess what? They did cover. And that's why that line was so close. I I heard maybe Florida State was dealing with the flu and they were, Florida State was in control, but BC helped out. I think they had a defensive touchdown in the end. They made it close 31-29. Florida State escapes, but they might have found a guy here in Castellanos. Uh, and a long drive, or what? What's the line? You know, you, something happens, something very serious, and then, and that's well hit by Castellanos. Something like that. Well, there are going to be Castellanos jokes throughout the season for BC. Four hundred total yards for that kid, and a couple TDs. I think that's all I got on the ACC. So let's let's move to some other notable games. Oklahoma looked dominant again. Dylan Gabriel is balling. And I know everyone likes that backup quarterback for Oklahoma. Bud Elliott and the guys on cover three have been talking about how maybe he's the better quarterback. Dylan had a 95 QBR or 98 QBR, highest of the weekend this past weekend against Tulsa. Oklahoma looks significantly better this year. We'll see how, how how they play when the competition gets better, but they look good. Penix continues to dominate. Talked about him. Four more touchdowns. Has thrown for 400 yards in all three games so far. 12 to 1 TD to INT ratio for Penix. Michigan doesn't look dominant. And they are playing without their head coach. He'll be back soon. But he's not back this weekend. And they're down at 14 in the FBI. Despite getting first place votes in the AP. And probably deserved. They they were amazing last year. And haven't shown their true potential this year. But... Without your head man, who I think Harbaugh does make a difference in games. I just want them to look better because they are one of my playoff picks and I'm getting a little nervous about it. This weekend, Michigan plays Rutgers and Rutgers. We saw it. I'm going to talk about the VT game here in a minute. That defense can play and they've got a run game and they're a tough Shiano team. And Michigan will probably beat them up. But I am very curious how that Rutgers and Michigan game plays out. And maybe I'll be changing my playoff pick after that game. I don't know. 
Texas took care of Wyoming. That's a really good win, in my opinion, coming off the Alabama win. To, to just take care of business against a good, solid Wyoming team, that was important. And since the first half against Charleston Southern, when Clemson was in a dogfight and they had just lost to Duke, Clemson has looked pretty dominant. And I, not good teams. They smoked FAU. They almost covered a 50-point spread versus Charleston Southern by, by playing well in the second half. No points until the fourth quarter for FAU. I mean, Clemson was, they were putting the hurting on that team. So I'm not sure they deserve to be unranked when they've just lost to a, a Duke team who seems pretty good and won nine games last year. I I know, uh, who's the, the guy from uh, Eric McLean from ACC Network? He's a big Clemson guy, obviously. And He's on this train. He's like, what's the difference between like what Bama's done and what Clemson's done? They both lost to teams that were pretty good last year and seem pretty good this year. And Alabama hasn't crushed their last two opponents like Clemson has. So why is Clemson unranked and Bama is ranked? And I'm going to get to that when I do my fraud teams. I'm going to have a fraud team segment after I get to, to VT. So before I get to the Hokies and their trip up to New Jersey, as well as the AP poll, my fraud teams, I want to tell you about Compass Coffee, the sponsor of the show. College Football Monday is brought to you by Compass Coffee. With 16 locations in D.C. and Northern VA, they're quickly becoming the go-to cup of joe in our nation's capital. Compass was founded by two Marines that wanted to make a cup of coffee that could point you in the right direction every day, kind of like a compass. And I'm getting pointed in that direction right now with the coffee here. They're offering our listeners 20% off their order using the code 2DeepVT. So download their app, great app. And if you don't live anywhere near Northern Virginia, you can get coffee shipped right to your door and you're going to get 20% off. So get the big bag, load up your cart. 2DeepVT for 20% off your first order. Compass Coffee. Great coffee doesn't have to be complicated. Time for VT Corner. Rutgers 35, VT 16. The tailgate was amazing. I was up there, beautiful weather. The Suns and everyone that was involved with them, all the people that did work, getting that all that organized, the t-shirts, everything. Really well done. I tried to help where I could. We had music, food, tons of beer. It was a blast. Everyone was having so much fun. In fact, I don't think most people wanted to even walk to the game because the silver lot was pretty far from the game. But we did all make it. But what a great day. Before the game started, we had a great day. And so many listeners from for the Suns and for 2Deep came up to us, said how much they enjoy the pod. Kyler, Ann, so many more. I can't remember, but Basil, longtime listener of the 2Deep pod. He came, he brought me beer, which I'm going to review in the upcoming shows. Thank you guys for showing love, showing out. It was awesome, and it, and it really means a lot, and it, and it shows you that all the work that we do is not totally for naught. People do enjoy the show, so that is great. As for the game, it started about as poorly as you could imagine. We fumbled on the second play. Rucker scored on the following play. They went up 7 nothing, and there was such a crowd, and I had to pack up the tailgate, that by the time I got into the game, it was 7 nothing, so I never saw VT tied or winning this game. That's a, that's a little disappointing. It was 21-3 to Rutgers at the half, and that was an eye-opener, right? You're sitting there, beautiful day. You look up at the scoreboard, and Rutgers is beating 
your team 21 to three. I don't think any Hokie was particularly hopeful at that point. However, Jerome's came out in the second half. He brought us back a bit. We got it to 21-16 on that Felton TD, which was so great. And the Tootin TD, Tootin ran hard again. He is so good. But then Rutgers just grinded us into the turf. Two killer drives, just doing whatever they want on the ground. And we couldn't stop them. And that was the story of the game. Getting so far down early and just not being able to stop the Rutgers run game. But I will say the secondary story was Chiron Drones looking competent. He looked better than I expected. And I, I was expecting good stuff from him. But he he honestly, he exceeded my expectations. I'm going to talk about Chiron in one second. I want to just talk about our run defense. Rutgers ran for 256 yards. 7.5 yards a carry. They're getting 75% of a first down on every carry. <laughs> That is so bad. It is so bad. We are currently 122nd in yards per carry allowed. That is brutal. On the season, we are averaging, we're allowing 5.17 yards per carry. Teams are getting half a first down on every carry against the Hokies. And that is really annoying when our oldest, most experienced group on the team is defensive tackle. I'm not putting it on the defensive tackles because this is largely... I think it's almost largely a linebacker and DB issue. And we have had guys banged up. Tisdale didn't play in this one. Don't know why. Peoples didn't play again. Jenkins got banged up. I know we're hurting. I know it. But this run defense being 122nd in the country after a rich history of all the defense we've had and even being solid against the run last year for the most part, it sucks. And we knew what Rutgers was going to do. We knew it. Robbie and I talked about it. Like they were going to, they wanted to run the football and we, to not be able to stop it when you know what's coming, it is rough. I got a stat here on the, on the screen from Billy Ray. Thank you, Billy Ray. The injuries are killing us, but we got to get better in the run game. We just, we just got to get better. And look, look at this one. Wimsat Saturday, 7.9 yards per attempt, a TD. 46 yards through the air, one TD. Wimsett played well. I mean, and we knew he, he he's not a good quarterback, but he could run. And I'm frustrated. And the Rundy's got to get fixed before we play Marshall because Rashin Ali, 10th in the country in yards per game. 111 yards rushing per game for Rashin Ali. So the exact thing we suck at, Maryland, Maryland. Marshall is very good at. And so we got to figure out a way to get better in the run defense. Let's talk about Chiron Jerome's. 58.9 QBR for him in the game. 74 yards rushing. We were able to rush for 129 yards after just hitting 11 versus Purdue. Well publicized, 11 yards. He added a new element for us. And it was evident even before the fumble, he had an eight-yard gain on first down. I mean, right away. It are, we almost matched our rushing total for all of last week on the first play. You can't go back to Grant Wells. Eight of 11 of Grant Wells' performances last year were worse in the QBR than what Chiron did yesterday. So he was better than a vast majority of Grant's performances last year. And I would say the talent was even because we didn't have Lane, we didn't have Jennings. So take what Grant was dealing with last year on offense in terms of weapons and O-line. And what Chiron had on Saturday 
it was the same. And Chiron, in his first ever start, was better than 8 of 11 of Grant's performances. It doesn't get clearer than that. He's the guy. And Grant can get healthy. And there was that talk after the game. We got to get Grant going from Coach Pry. Hopefully he means get going as a backup. Because you don't want a true freshman to Pop Watson to be your backup. But you cannot start Grant. I know he wants to play against Marshall. It's his former team. I think there might be a little bit of bad blood or bad feelings for Grant against them. It doesn't matter. You got to start drones and stick with him. Because this kid's got potential. We saw it. He's he's cool as a cucumber, man. And I'm excited for his future. That was the bigger takeaway of this game. And after the game, I get home. It's been a long day. A lot of drinking. Sitting on the couch with Clark. Clark stayed at my place. We, we were watching the Colorado game late. He gave me that VT sign with the bottle caps. Thank you, Clark, for that. And I'm I'm on Twitter, and I'm frustrated. I, I sit in the stands. I watch us go down 21-3. I'm not seeing a whole lot of life from the team, and I'm upset. And to get worked and lose by 19 to Rutgers, it's, it made me feel a couple things. And I tweeted, and I said a few things that I'm not really too upset about. Like, I'm tired of hearing about the talent issue. I'm just, I am so tired of it. I know we are untalented. I'm fully well aware. But we have to figure out a way to not let the one thing Rutgers does well kill us. You need to figure out a way to stop it. And you need to figure out a way to get more than three points before the half at Rutgers. And people are, are you know, they're saying back to me, why don't you mix in a water, bud? Well, he's drunk. He's, was I buzzed? Yes, I was. But also mind your business because <laughs> I'm going to drink and I'm going to overreact during every tech game. During the game, immediately following, I'm going to drink and I'm going to overreact. And the day I stop doing that is the day my fandom has died. And a lot of what I said was correct. It was embarrassing to lose that game to Rutgers. I do feel like it's a new low. Positive, Pete? Let's hope this is a rock bottom. I really liked what I saw from Drones as I was able to observe more after the game. Like I said, in the stands, it's always hard. I'm excited about the kids' future. I'm excited about our future, especially if we get Lane back. If we get Lane back, getting that slot receiver for a young QB is, is going to be important. And I think we can expose the middle of the field. That's something Billy and I were chatting about on the phone yesterday. We didn't really throw down the middle too much. And more tight ends throws, more slant passes, get more running back, whatever you got to do. You got to use all, all aspects of the field and do what makes Chiron Drones comfortable. And I think he will continue to excel. We're going to talk more about Rutgers and Marshall on our Two Deep episode in a couple days. AP poll. Let me add this to the screen. You can see here, week three is in the books. Again, Pac-12 representing with eight teams. We got the ACC with four teams. Clemson remains out of the poll, as I mentioned. And I want to tell you a little bit about the poll, and then I'm going to move to my fraudulent teams. At the top, I think it's mostly right. You could move Michigan down from two, perhaps. None looked amazing this past week. Like Georgia, I talked about their struggles. Texas, honestly, they they could make the case that they're number one. They beat Bama, and maybe that win will, will not age as well as it should. But 
they have played the most solid this year of any of these teams. Cause even Florida state struggled with BC last week. So I honestly might be putting Texas at number one. If, if I had an AP vote, Washington should probably be better than eight because they have looked so dominant. And I think they could, they should be ahead of Michigan or Georgia from what we've seen this year. I know we base a lot on last year and those teams were amazing last year, but Washington has looked really, really good. Penn State also really hasn't shown a weakness. They took care of business in Illinois. They covered a big spread. And that that Illinois game, it's been a sore spot at different points for Penn State. So that was a good win for them. And there's a bunch of blue blood good teams historically that just have flaws and aren't very great right now. And conference play is about to get going. So we are going to see separation here soon. My fraud teams. And I fraud is in quotes because a lot of these teams are good and it's not so much a reflection of even the power rankings for those teams or how good they actually are. It's, it's a reflection of their schedules that are coming up. And one of those fraud teams I'm going to say is Alabama. They're number 13 right now in the AP poll. They, they are overrated. I mean, 17 to three versus USF a loss to Texas at home, as good as Texas may be, and and they may even be my vote for number one. Like, I I don't know. What what has Alabama done to warrant not maybe being ranked? Because I do think their defense is really good. But to be ranked number 13, I'm looking at the other teams behind them. You could make the case Duke deserves to be ahead of them. UNC, Oregon State. All those teams have, have a decent win, have been playing solid. I think for Alabama... I could move them down to maybe 18. I'm not going to go any farther than that because Colorado's sitting at 19. And that will bring me that will bring me to my Colorado point in one second here because I simply think Alabama would crush Colorado. So I'm not going to move them behind them. We're going to find out about Bama real quick. They got Ole Miss coming up. That's Billy's team. And we, we talked about how his dad played for Ole Miss back in the day. That's why Billy's an Ole Miss fan. And I got to meet Billy's dad and Pat's dad over the weekend and Two, two awesome dads, just true dads, loved it. Uh, that old Miss Bama game, it's in, I believe it's in Tuscaloosa. And I think one of those teams is a bit fraudulent, Old Miss or Bama. And we'll, we'll find out in a few days. Colorado barely squeaking by Colorado State and being down for most of the game. They're exciting. They've got Shador. They've got playmakers. They've got Dion. That's why they're 19. Hey, they're 3-0. And 3-0 is 3-0. But squeaking by a Colorado State team at home, G5 team, who who's just, an I really think, an average G5 team. Rivalry or not, I think Colorado, the rubber's about to hit the road. They play Oregon. They play USC. Coming up next, hold on, let me just make sure I got that right. I'm very interested to see after these next couple games, because that that is correct. I really think, one, they're going to lose those two games, probably. Because without Travis Hunter especially, those are going to be extremely difficult to win. How does all this bravado from Dion land when that team starts taking losses? That's what I... Because look at the Pac-12. There's a ton of good teams. And... For as good as they've played and surprising TCU and whipping up on a bad Nebraska team and and squeaking by Colorado State, this team has losses in them. 
And I honestly think it might be six losses. And that's, again, that's not necessarily a reflection of how bad I think Colorado is. I think that conference is really, really tough. So how does it land when Colorado takes a handful of losses? Is Dion's play my theme music going to be effective? Is it, is it going to be pumping people up? Is it, are they still going to be feeling that? The stunner shades when they have three, four, five losses? I don't know. I, I, I want to make it clear. I'm not a Dion hater. I actually, I love it. I, I do think it's a freaking circus and it's, it's too much, but it's good. It's fun for the sport. It's good for Colorado. They're a fun team to root for. They were so bad for so long. They got cool uniforms. They got cool colors, cool logo, but I want to see what happens with Dion and that team when they start taking some losses. I think Colorado could be one of the fraudulent teams that could end up outside the top 25 when the year is over. Staying with the Pac-12, the Beavers have looked good. It's a good story. They're number 14. DJU playing well. 14 is too high for them. (laughs) They got Washington State up next on the road. They got Utah at home after that. And they end the season with Washington and Oregon. They got Colorado in there, UCLA in there. Tough, tough schedule for the Beavers. That's a four-loss team. I mean, they're probably going eight and four. As much as I like the story... 14 is too high. I think the Beavs are a little fraudulent. We'll see what happens against Washington State. They could get that win and still be fraudulent, in my opinion. Call me crazy, but I think my last fraudulent team, this may cause a stir, Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is a little bit of a fraud. And they're sitting at number nine. They've played well. Look who they've played. NC State on the road, it's a good win. But NC State could have won that game, and they weren't. Notre Dame was not amazing. They have Ohio State next. Of course, if they win that game, I will change my tune. But (laughs) that's going to be a really tough one to win. Then they go to Duke and to Louisville. Louisville. Three, Three straight really tough games. Guess what they get after that? USC on 10-14. Ohio State at Duke, at Louisville. USC. They could easily lose two out of three of those games, three out of four of those games. Would it shock you if they're sitting at five and three? Because it's not going to shock me. I mean, Ohio State and USC are legitimate chances for losses. And then you could easily drop a, a, game, a road game at Duke or Louisville. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think Notre Dame is a little fraudulent. And again, it's not so much them as a team. I think Sam Hartman's really good. I like Marcus Freeman. I still don't think he's as good a coach as Brian Kelly. He's young. He's still learning. But that that they're going to take some losses here, and I think that they're going to drop. I, I think they're going to stay in the top twenty-five. Well, they go five and three. They're not. They're probably going to be out of the top twenty-five. Honestly, well, depends on where the losses come. If they're if they're to Ohio State and USC, the the voters will be favorable and they'll stay in. But. I think Notre Dame is a little fraudulent as of now at number nine. And those are my four teams, Bama, Colorado, the Beavers, and Notre Dame. Now it's time for my playoff four. No change from last week. I am getting nervous. I am getting nervous about Georgia and Michigan. Uh, Georgia, I still feel comfortable because of their schedule. Michigan's schedule is not easy. Once they get hardball back, I do think that team's going to start to look different. Let's see how they play against Rutgers. I do think they're going to win. 
but I think it could be a little dicey at one point or another. Florida State, that was a classic sleepy Chestnut Hill situation. I still maintain they're going to win the ACC. Texas, potentially my vote for a number one team. Red River's coming up. Want to see what happens there. But right now, those are my four playoff teams. USC, though, starting to make me think. I The problem is that conference is so good. I've gone over it endless times already in this one show. So I'm going to leave USC out for now, leave Washington out for now, Oregon. But one of those teams could pop up there. If Georgia continues to show a little weakness, Michigan continues to show weakness, I might have to put a Pac-12 team in my playoff four. But that's it for now. Let's talk about this week's upcoming games. And after being at that tailgate all day, getting home on Sunday, trying to watch as many condensed games as I could, go through my notes, uh, it was rough trying to get all these things put together. So I'm going to scroll through my phone here. We're going to talk about some of these games. There are six, six ranked matchups this week after having none last week. And so it is a very, very cool and loaded slate. We got Florida State Clemson. That's not even one of the ranked matchups. But FSU Clemson, noon on ABC. Uh, how is that a nooner, man? I guess it's just a reflection of how good the slate is, but dang. Florida State going to Clemson. Florida State one and a half point favorites. Oklahoma and Cincinnati, weird matchup. Uh, but one of those new Big 12 matchups. Mentioned Rutgers and Michigan. Colorado and Oregon's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see what happens there. Number 19, Colorado playing. Number 10, Oregon. Oregon. What do you think this spread is? If I was trying to guess this spread before the game, I might have said, I don't know, 15, 14 and a half. It is a 20 and a half point spread. Oregon is favored. Mississippi, Ole Miss at Alabama. Number 15 going down to number 13. Alabama seven point favorites in that one. That's an interesting line. With how Alabama's looked, I'm already leaning Bama with that line. That, that, is, that is a stinky one. Because Jackson Dart's been good. Hmm. UCLA, Utah. That game's taking place at Utah. Utah's five-point favorites. They're great at home. I like Utah to get that win. Oregon State at Washington State. Another ranked Pac-12 game. We're going to learn about the Beavers in this one. Because Pullman is not easy to play in. Oregon State, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Arkansas, LSU. Iowa going to Penn State. Iowa's put up 41. They're on the race to whatever the total is, 325, 330, something like that. Uh, Penn State's going to make easy work of them, I think. Iowa does give them problems. Historically, Iowa does give Penn State problems. They played a 6-4 to four game <laughs> back in the day. Uh, I like Penn State to win and cover, but it could be dicier than maybe I think it's going to be. Ohio State, Notre Dame, awesome game. At Notre Dame this time, Ohio State three-point favorites. I think that's right. I think Ohio State gets the win on the road. North Carolina and Pitt. Pitt has looked terrible. These teams typically play wild games. As I said, I like UNC to cover the seven and win somewhat easily, even at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just, I don't know. Maybe they'll start a new quarterback and that will breathe some life into them. But right now I'm going to take UNC. That, that line is a little bit too snug though, which makes me uncomfortable. USC, Arizona State, and Cal Washington. All right, that, that pretty much covers the, the key games you have to watch. Six ranked matchups. Can't wait for Ole Miss, Bama. That Florida State, Clemson. The, these are going to be some awesome games. The Pac-12 games. 
I am disappointed at the result about Rutgers, but after being able to digest, after sobering up, I'm still drying out 48 hours later or whatever it is. I, I, as I said last week, not all hope is lost. We have some playmakers on this team. Get Lane back. Do something about linebacker. Help me. Help me at linebacker and safety. Get some guys healthy, please, God, because I am nervous about this Marshall game. Not, and I'm not even nervous because what, what, what can we do that is worse than what we just saw? A 19 point loss to Rutgers. I don't. I, what are you going to do? Lose by 40 to Marshall? I mean, Marshall has a much more rich football history. I know they're not P5, but like that's a better program historically than Rutgers, and so. I know I don't think you could lose in a way unless you lose by 40 that you're getting embarrassed at Marshall. I think we can win the game. I just think if we don't if we don't shore up the run D and figure out a way to continue to improve our rush game, we're gonna lose. They have a really good run game. So you gotta come out, you gotta come out fired up, you gotta figure out a way to put a better defense, like, like really, I don't, I don't want to blame the defense because they had a long stretch of forcing three and outs against Rutgers. It was everyone's fault, but we're just used to our defense not getting ground down like that. I mean, that was that was ugly, right? So bring out bring out some some motivation, some better play on the road, us against the world mentality. And uh, I try, you know, I tried to fire up the team last week and then I, I kid because I, I had a, a little I did a speech at the tailgate we posted it to YouTube it was fun and I hope something like that can speak to the team not that they'll ever see it I just hope someone on our staff is is trying to fire these guys up because they do have more in them they do they're all three and above star athletes for the most part and I just feel like they can give so much more and play so much better. Thank you, Billy. So do it. Show us. Show us all the people who come out and watch you guys play. We love you. Please play better. Please get us a win. We don't want to go three wins this year. I think a bowl is going to be really tough at this point, but just improve. Improve every week. And that's going to do it for College Football Monday. Thank you all for joining me in the chat. Make sure you subscribe. Like the video. Liking the video really helps us out. Subscribe to the 2D feed, rate, review, all the good stuff. Thanks again. And until next week, go Hokies.